I love your T-shirt. It was like a weird <laughs> thing. I was not expecting that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. Uh, the Indians and the Washington Nationals are starting to play better, and so Tobia and I are more enthusiastic about recording episodes. <laughs> so he- here we are for our our first second episode in a week of this entire season. Uh, I think that's right. <laughs> thing that uh, uh, we've actually bothered to get ourselves together. It might also be related to the fact that um, I'm in Washington D.C. again, and so. Don't have any childcare nonsense to to get in the way. Anyway, Toby, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm um I'm not in Washington, unfortunately. Uh, otherwise, um we could be doing a live episode, another no sound quality live episode from Nats <laughs> Park tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, things are good. Things are going better in in Cleveland for Cleveland. So I feel like baseball. Yeah. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about baseball. Well, I mean it's. it's the other thing that's cheering my mood is that I'm I'm in the United States where I, I don't know if you if you haven't traveled a lot you you probably don't know this but hmm. the United States is literally brighter than Europe the the sun I don't know if it's like the ozone is more fucked above the United States or or something like that but it's literally brighter outside in the summer in the winter in the fall and spring and it just makes you more cheerful at it does me anyway so it's nice to be back here the the weird thing about being back in the u.s uh or in washington specifically is because i've lived in england now for 18 months um i'm so unused to seeing people in washington nationals gear <laughs> that when i see them i'm like hey let's go nets and like there's a bit of a thing you know they don't expect to hear somebody say that when they're three thousand miles away from <laughs> anything else but i <laughs> Uh, last weekend and again this morning, I inflexibly, inflexibly, involuntarily <laughs> would just be like, hey, let's go nuts to a dude in the street in Washington, D.C. who's like, sure, <laughs> sure, okay, <laughs> you, you, you too. <laughs> so um, that was a bit weird. I'm, I'm wearing my um, Ryan Zimmerman uh, walk-off um, mm. break this morning a, a gift from battery mates listener uh, steve Coopin. we welcome gifts and we will praise people who send us gifts on the show and uh, an old lady like a, just an old lady walking down the street with her groceries um was like i love your t-shirt it was like a weird <laughs> thing. i was not expecting that but it is really really great to be back in washington dc and i'm going to a game tonight so that's four games nice. in a week four games in a week wow that's the dream um, that's that's like you're following the team. You're like a Grateful Dead fan. I know. So. <laughs> well, it's it's June and it is almost certainly my last game of the season tonight. So, yeah. well, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, that it? that does sound that sounds worse. Um, no, I, the, the, that phenomenon about uh, noticing your team's gear in it because I you know in DC or Chicago whenever I saw a Cleveland's hat, I would always like you know go tribe, you know that kind of thing. Did that in New York um, when I was there, and I may have, I hope I didn't mention this on Battery Mates, but I, I saw a guy wearing, it was a Chief Wahoo hat, and I was like, hey, go Tribe. This is before they, they got rid of the, the logo. So now wearing the logo, it's, they're making a political statement, maybe. Um, yeah. And the guy looked at me like I had eight heads, and I, I, was, I was like, go Tribe. And he goes, 
I don't know what words you're saying right now. I'm like, oh, the the hat you're wearing. And he goes, oh, yeah, I just like the logo. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, But I've definitely done that in Cleveland. And when I'm back home, uh, like, you know, seeing somebody on the street, just doing a double take. And I've catched myself now most of the time before I say, like, hey, yeah, go drive. Because you sound like you might be troubled. (laughs) Um, So should we go around the horn quickly here? Yeah, let's have a quick uh, around the horn. Do you want to start or shall I? I will. I, I'm going to apologize to Cleveland fans out there because I had to come clean. I um, I bought a new hat at the beginning of the season. And, you know, because Wahoo was gone and they have a new home hat. And I, it's, you know, it's not radically different from the hat I had last year. But it has a red bill and a red little button on top. And it's got a it's kind of good look. It's sharp. It's sharp. So I bought it, and I'm like, this is going to be my hat for 2019. And they won on opening day, and so I'm like, ah, it's good luck, too. But then it wasn't. It was not good luck. Um, it was actually really bad luck, uh, especially the, the game we saw together. I saw two more games that week. Um, they lost all three games. Um, <laughs> it was really brutal. Uh, and as we, as we talked about in the last episode, it's the Clevelands haven't been playing very, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, well? Well, yeah. Just not playing, good. yeah, they're not playing baseball good. Uh, and so uh, I, out of frustration mostly, uh, the day I got back from our Boston game, I, I put on this hat. It's an old, it's a spring training hat from two years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm changing hats. I'm just going to do it. And since that day, the Indians have played, they're 14 and 8. The best, the best uh, winning percentage in baseball in June, in, in the American League in June, um, and have gained two games on the Minnesota Twins in the division. Now, we're still nine games out, but <laughs> we're winning more than we're losing. It's fun again. Like, we were down f- uh, five to two yesterday, and we came back and won. So I feel like that's the kind of baseball that I like to watch and makes the whole thing fun. It makes us want to record more battery mates. So... I feel like maybe, and I'm not that superstitious, but I, I do, maybe I am to blame for the slow start, um, my new hat. So, apologies. Uh, apology. I can't accept that apology on behalf of Cleveland's nation, um, but if Jeff, Justin Braski could, could write in and let us know whether the apology <laughs> is accepted, uh, I'll accept that on behalf yeah. of the entire nation. I have a very similar experience, sans the hat, and that's French word for without, Um <laughs> Uh, of of Washington who are uh, playing really really well. Um, I mean, we uh, we beat Atlanta last night uh, four to three. Um, it was a, a, a obviously a one run game uh, throughout the bullpen. And anyone who's followed Washington this season will know that our bullpen has been extremely bad. Mm. Uh, they've been they've been excellent for the last month, and I, I think they still have the worst or second worst or third worst. Uh, bullpen in the entire major league so they have been lights out for several weeks and still have the worst era um or one of the worst eras um but from the first two months of the season um just absolute agony watching the the bullpen uh try and defend a one run lead but they did it last night uh really really exciting i listened to it on the radio in the, in the cab um on on the way in from from dallas uh and it's just what you said it's fun to watch baseball again now we are still six and a half games back from from atlanta um (laughs) despite uh being on an incredibly hot streak we got swept by the mets um 
a, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Memorial Day weekend or maybe just before. Uh, and since then, we have um, won 18 of 24, wow. um, which is very, very good um, and enjoyable to watch. But not, not, just, not just winning games, but like really, really cranking through teams. Uh, in, that, in those last 24 games, we've scored 173 and we've conceded 86. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, sorry, 172. So our run differential mm. is two to one uh, over those 24 games. Now, obviously, this season, you know, we might regress to the mean, um, but the the first two months of the season were a lot to do with injuries and a lot to do with individual errors. Mm. And um, you know, the the whole like the the thing that the manager says is when we can get people back fit and if we can cut out some of those individual errors, we can really motor. And that's actually what happened. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just a bullshit line. It turns out. Um, so it's been incredibly, incredibly fun to watch. And I'm, um, you know, I, I said at the beginning of this, uh, the just before I flew last weekend, this week will decide whether or not Washington is selling or buying mm. other train, um, or or at least not. Uh, you know, you know, maybe even just standing pat. But this this week is a defining week, and and so far. Um, we uh, split the series with Arizona. We swept the Phillies, and we're one up on the on the Braves. So the next two three days are, are really really big for us. But after this phase, we then go into a, uh, a run of games against teams that are on track to lose a hundred games this season. <laughs> so you'd like to think we'd be able to pick up some wins against them, and you know, then from there anything could happen. It's it's, it's crazy because we were like. 14 games down on uh, the division uh, titles, uh, you know, the league leaders at one point. So, um, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy game. Well, and what's your record now? I mean, last time I look, looked, you've been winning a lot, but you were still like four or five games under 500. Or we're, game. One game under, we're one game under 500 right okay. now, but that says so much about where we have <laughs> come from. We've won 18 of the last 24 games, and we're still one game under 500. So... Uh, it, it was a deep, deep, deep hole to pull back out of. But that's the thing about sports, isn't it? That it, it's so much more, in, you can enjoy the highs so much more yeah. when you've had wade through the shit of the lows. And, uh, you know, the last few seasons have been good for, for Washington, so I don't want to sound like my diamond shoes have gotten too tight on my feet. <laughs> but, um, the beginning part of this season was really bad, and that makes now all the more fun. Well, yeah, same. And so, I, I, you know, I, um, we'll see if we both just jinx our teams here. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is the last episode of Battery Mates this season. <laughs> well, to, 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 to emphasize, we're still six and a half games back yeah, on, on the break. Yeah. You, you guys are still like eight games down on nine, the Twins? Nine, yeah. Well, it was going to be nine. eight. It was going to be eight, and the Royals couldn't hold a lead against the Twins last night. So, because um, the Royals are, it's, uh, it's all, it's... Things aren't going well in Kansas City this year. <laughs> no, um, no, they do not have a good bullpen. Just, just a quick aside: uh, when I was looking up the stats for, um, oh, sorry, when my intern was looking up the stats for those run differential uh, <laughs> numbers, I, I wanted to share. Um, do, have you seen that the uh, the Baltimore Orioles have a run differential of minus one hundred and seventy five? No, what? That's insane. <laughs> What's yeah. the? That's got to be. They've got to be on like uh, the Pythagorean of <laughs> their uh, like they must be like on track to lose 120 games. No, I'm, uh, hang on. Let me, let me just double check this. Yeah. 
Baltimore minus minus one hundred and seventy-five. Detroit are on minus one hundred and thirty-five, and the Seattle Mariners are on minus sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, and poor Mariners. They start didn't they start the season like eleven and two or thirteen and two or something like that. They were they were motoring, and I had about five Mariners players in my fantasy team who have now all been offloaded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, rough times. Be- uh, Better mates, listener, uh, and and former uh, guest Dan Carson um, has had a rough season, I believe. Rough season. Before yeah. we go on to the fourth uh, point in uh, around the horn, which is one of yours, uh, just carrying on with the Nationals talk. Uh, I wanted to talk for a moment about Mad Max Scherzer and oh, yeah. uh, the fact that he pitched um, seven innings of, I think, two-hit uh, shutout baseball uh, with a literal broken nose this yeah. week. Um, it was, I don't know if you've, uh, <laughs> if, if Patrick Mason Nation have, have seen this, but he uh, loves, loves, loves batting and takes a lot of BP before uh, games uh, on the field and in the cages. Um, he feels like he's got a really good swing. And last season, I think he was batting something like 260, which is obviously phenomenal. Um, uh, He was practicing bunting and bunted a ball directly into his nozzle (laughs) and uh, uh, literally broke his nose. Uh, The literal next day, he he went uh, and took his pitching slot and uh, helped the Nationals to a two-to-nothing uh, win. And there was a, an amazing interview after the game. He's got those big cans on, talking to ESPN, um, with one side of his face just larger than the other side of his face. <laughs> and he was. they were asking him, you know, what does it feel like? Because, you know, a lot of people, when he we realized he was going to pitch, were saying, you know, is he going to wear a, a mask or, you know, something? And he didn't wear any of that. And he said, the only real difference apart from the you know the pain was that the uh, the huge huge bruise under his eye wobbled when he was pitching. <laughs> so when he was going through his 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 action, the 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 blood in that big bruise was just kind of jiggling around oh, on God. his face, which I, I I've never <laughs> I've never I've never pitched tried to pitch a baseball before, um, so I don't know what a, a normal action feels like. I've also never broken my own nose practicing hunting. <laughs> Uh, or doing anything else. Um, so I don't know what it feels like to have a huge, giant blood bruise on your face. It does. It that feels like it would be distracting. Yeah, that doesn't seem. Yeah. Well, it's why most people who break their noses don't end up playing the next game. Um, <laughs> I I broke my nose on a baseball field um, uh, when I was uh, twelve or thirteen. Twelve, thirteen, yeah, something like that. Um, but I, I did not play for a few a few days, <laughs> at least. I do remember it not being like a devastating injury. It was just it was just hurt, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of blood. Did, did you get lots of ice cream? Uh, <laughs> I I don't recall um, how much ice cream I, I consumed, um, I, and I don't recall was my what my lawyers told me to answer there. Just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. Bonkers! I just was looking at the run differentials. The, the the Phillies, who were in second place above you guys, have a negative four run differential. Yes, yeah, it's incredible how how they've managed that. I don't know. I don't um, know. The, uh, the they've been in a big slump recently, um, and it's coincided with Andrew McCutcheon um, uh, being out injured, um, uh, which just goes to show that he is the most important player on the team, even if he's not by a long way the best compensated. <laughs> Well, speaking of compensation, um, we 
uh, I want to talk about our former ex, um, or our ex, uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, in one of my Around the Horns here. I, so the New York Times today, this is recording this on Saturday, ha- has a, a feature on Trevor Bauer, um, you know, because uh, they just discovered Brooklyn. They just, just like we discovered Trevor Bauer in 2015, and, you know, he's kind of been a, a, a feature of Battery Mates. You know, it takes New York Times four years to figure it out. You can pencil in a Sean Doolittle feature in, in uh, 2021. Um, but the, the title or the headline is Trevor Bauer, Baseball's Imperfect Evangelist. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good piece. I will say it's it's pretty fair. It does get into the fact that he's a little bit of a loon um, <laughs> and and, and uh, does I'm like... With perfect. What's that? I'm going to quibble with the word perfect there. <laughs> well, Imperfect. <laughs> Imperfect. Oh, imper- yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he goes talks a lot about uh, you know he. One thing I want to point out is that he so he is obviously made a lot of um, he's caused a lot of problems on social media, um, especially by like you know really going after people who who criticize him. Um, he doesn't seem to have a um, a filter there, um, but he does. He he, he is. Uh, basically saying he has matured a lot in his baseball career. Um, so he's, he's a quote, his growth and maturation isn't celebrated or isn't talked about in society now. Is it possible that I was a bad teammate in 2012? Sure. Is it also possible that I'm a good teammate in 2019? Sure. Um, but the thing that this article is based around is the fact that he's basically trying to um, market baseball in a new way. Uh, this is something that... Um, I don't think we have have actually gotten into specifically, but he has a new marketing company called Watch Watch Momentum, and it's he does he puts out videos a couple times a week of him talking to other players or mic'd up on the on the, the field or you know um, you know at practice or something like that. And it's not just Cleveland players; um, he, he's actually sat down with Nolan Arenado and a handful of other um stars around the league and his idea his whole thing is he wants to make it you know like we've talked about on the show before like why can't baseball market its stars better um and why can't they give them more personality and so that's it i've watched a few of these uh episodes and i will say that you know you're you're not surprised by what you see or learn about some of your favorite players that not all of them are um uh i they're bros, <laughs> and so that if that if you're, if you're going to be disappointed by that, I wouldn't watch any of this stuff. But um, but there also is some fun conversation. They talk about some some big moments um, in in like Bauer. One 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 episode talks about uh, what it was like being in the bullpen in Game Seven of the World Series, um, and uh, it's it's pretty it's it's you know as it's, it's a fan, it's really interesting. Um, but he goes on a. <laughs> He goes at a rant um, in this. No. Uh, yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, he, he wants, he basically is of the opinion, and he might be right about this. Um, you know, for every negative on the field, he said, there's a, there's a positive, an alternative way of talking about it. Uh, so if someone's striking out 200 times a year, maybe it's because the pitching is just so good. So let's talk about how nasty the pitching is and how the pitchers this day and age are the best we've ever seen in the history of baseball. He continued... <laughs> I would love to see vintage Pete Rose in today's game. Well, who could have predicted that? <laughs> Trevor Power's <laughs> going to call Pete Rose. But he goes on to say he would get absolutely annihilated. 
<laughs> guys that are striking out 200 times like Joey Gallo in 1990 he would have hit 75 home runs every year because he's facing guys with an average velocity of 90 miles an hour um, anyway it's a really interesting piece I'm glad Trevor's getting a little bit of attention um, for people who aren't paying uh, attention to the Clevelands this season there's a pretty good likelihood that Trevor Bauer is traded in, at, the, at the deadline he's a free agent he's under keep control for one more year but he, in arbitration, he's going to make a lot more, and he's made it abundantly clear he is not interested in a long-term contract with any team. He wants to go one year by one year. Like, he wants to one contract for every season he plays, um, which is bizarre, and I don't know how it makes economic sense, but he, I think it's about account of self-accountability, I guess. Or, I he doesn't care, does he? <laughs> and he, this is a guy that takes arbitration extremely seriously, yeah, as yeah. we've talked about in the past. That thing about uh, Pete Rose reminds me of um, a, a quote from a, a one of the Man- players players from the Manchester United teams of the 1970s, 60s and 70s that uh, uh, you know were just really really dominant in in English football, yeah. uh, and was he was asked about um, the team from the 1990s, the Alex Ferguson team that was again really really dominant, and they said um, you know in a in a in a game between uh, the team of the 70s and the team of the 90s, who would who would win? You know who would win in that kind of fantasy game, and he said, "I think, I think the team of the uh, the sixties and seventies would would just sneak it." Oh, wow. uh, but you've got to bear in mind that we're all old men now. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Rose would get annihilated in today's baseball, but the guys the guys put on a few pounds in the last two decades. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to we want to talk about um i've been on a plane a lot recently and so i've been able to watch finally uh, a lot of the netflix uh, i've been uh, looking to watch over the last uh, two and a half years of my daughter's life um so we're going to talk about doc ellis and uh documentary about about him in a moment but before we do we just want to talk about something that presumably an mlb executive high on lsd and, and other drugs has come up with which is that the uh, Tampa Bay Rays? Do you like that? Did you like? <laughs> that was that? great. That was that, great. That link was a good link, wasn't it? Um, the, the 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 Tampa Bay Rays are officially being sanctioned to investigate being a two city team playing uh, in the 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 early part of the season in in Tampa Bay, and then when things get a bit too warm, uh, moving north, um, uh, like a retired old person uh, to spend the summer in Montreal. <laughs> I, I, I honestly I this is a podcast so it's not really going to work but I think that our entire segment our entire discussion of this should just be both of us just shaking our heads and <laughs> sighing but obviously that wouldn't make for good um for good uh audio content or at least not the quality that battery mates nation has been reared to expect from us but I mean I, I, I honestly don't know what to say about it it's the dumbest idea I've I think I've ever heard I can't imagine that this is a serious proposal because right. anybody who like I don't understand from a fan's perspective I don't understand how this is going to work like would and what would you do you know this team will probably be garbage because they won't be able to recruit any players to right. play half the season in Montreal and half the season in Tampa Bay um, because all these players like have families and whatnot <laughs> are they going to have right. two homes. Um, and move their kids halfway through the season. Um, so they have garbage team. They're but assuming they sneak into the playoffs, where do they play the playoff games? Yeah, 
I mean, does does Montreal even have a baseball stadium anymore? Yeah, they played a game there last year. Was it last year? It might have been an exhibition game. Okay. I I can't imagine it's the best baseball stadium in the world. No, I don't think so. Uh, Tampa Bay is obviously not a good baseball stadium, which is why uh, the organization is doing things like this to try and put pressure on Tampa Bay to um, spend millions and millions of taxpayers dollars on a, on a new stadium, but the, 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 the attendance at their games, I I just, I I don't know the Tampa Bay area. Well, Um, the only thing I know about Tampa Bay really is that um, when Rob Flatty came to watch Norwich city play um, a game of football, uh, uh, the club has a, partnership with the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay and uh, there was a halftime contest to win a win a trip to Tampa Bay for a fan and when they announced it over the uh, you know the loudspeaker uh, the uh, the the uh, tannoy uh, Rob involuntarily burst out laughing at the idea of a contest <laughs> prize being going to Tampa Bay that's the only thing I really know about the city and the area um, but they are a very very good baseball team this year um, obviously they're in a very, very competitive division, but they're playing really, really good yeah. baseball and they still can't get anyone to go to their games. Yeah. Is, is literally just like a nicer stadium going to be the difference? Who, go, who decides to go on, go to a baseball game on the basis of, well, there's nicer concessions. That's a good to have part of the experience. But like, is that, is that really the deciding factor? I just, I just don't get it. I just, yeah. And they're not, I don't think this, yeah. I, I think this is. I can't read this as anything but a negotiating tactic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's fun to make fun of and 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 think about how disastrous it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I guess we'll we'll be we'll stay on this beat. Um. As long as they let us. Um, yeah. You know. And obviously, I have a lot of sympathy with the idea that Montreal should have a baseball team, given that it's Washington's fault they don't right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but I don't. I don't know if the the clamor is sufficient to support an entire, uh, uh, you know, an entire franchise. And if you were going to have a team move to a new city, would you really go with Montreal rather than Portland uh, or, or you know somewhere else? Nashville. Like <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't really. Omaha. I don't get it. Cleveland should have another team. I, I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> bustling market. <laughs> Um, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So we take, let's take a quick word from our sponsor and then go talk about Doc Ellis. Yeah. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Visit Tampa Bay, the official tourism bureau of the Bay region. There's no better time to visit us than right now when our temps average 90 degrees and our humidity averages 74%. It's like living inside of a dog's mouth. What do you do when you get down here? Well, we recommend checking us out on TripAdvisor, where the number one attraction is, and this is true, the bridge that takes you out of town. It won't take you all the way to Montreal, of course, but then again, no one's really making that trek. Hey, if you you mentioned you heard about us on Battery Mates at one of our kiosks around town, we'll give you a high five. Tampa Bay, our team is good and no one cares. All right. Well, that's great. Um, we love all our sponsors, just like we love all our listeners. Well, we love all our sponsors more than we love all our listeners, to be clear. Uh, our listeners very rarely just hand us briefcases full of cash. Um, uh, or in this case, uh, we were Venmoed $6 million each. Um, uh, so, I mean, hey, uh, I, that's probably bigger than the budget of the <laughs> the company that was advertising. But 
we don't our our advertisers aren't the smartest um, clearly we, by advertising on our program they're demonstrating a, a level of intelligence that um, is unique so it, it would be cheaper to literally just fly and knock on Justin Brusky's door <laughs> and wait him to buy the products once a week that would be a, a good way of doing it but I know, I'm not complaining no you need the money. it's about awareness and there's no no such thing as um, Bad marketing is what I say. Isn't that the saying? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so wait, we want to talk about, this is not a Battery Mates in the Movies segment because one, um, it would be, if we try to do one without Kate Stamen London, it would be embarrassing. Um, and two, uh, this is, you know, this is a documentary. Oh, I think it, in that it's a play on words with the way they talk about it. It's a documentary. Um, oh. I guess his name's Doc Ellis. You get it? You get it? Well, we, we don't want to talk about the film as much. Maybe we will come back and do that because uh, it is really interesting to watch. Um, a lot of animation and whatnot. But we want to talk about the story here uh, and the man, yeah. uh, that um, uh, the pitcher, Doc Ellis. Yeah. So you watched this on a plane recently. I watched this like, uh, four or five years ago. Uh, it's on Netflix, right? Uh, so. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Other, other platforms may be available, but um, I watched it. Or maybe I watched it on, on on Amazon, but that's not that's not germane to the to the topic. And that's the and that's the segment. <laughs> where, yeah. where did you watch it? <laughs> Cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> um, so I watched it on a plane recently, um, and I, I, you know, the thing about the thing about Doc Ellis is, I think probably like a lot of people that, that watched um, the documentary, but, you know, especially for me, not growing up in this country, not growing up with baseball, literally the only thing I knew about Doc Ellis was that he pitched a no-no under the influence of drugs. And I've seen, as I'm sure lots of people have, uh, the YouTube clip of yeah. um, uh, him talking about what it was like to uh, to pitch that uh, no-hitter under the influence that has been turned into an animation. Um, so yeah, yeah. drawn an entire thing over the top of that voiceover and it is a is a beautiful beautiful short video if you haven't seen it already definitely go and do that but that was literally the only thing i knew about him and so yeah. it was really interesting to watch a, a documentary which i assumed was going to be to a great extent about that no hitter either leading up to it or having that essential to the story without knowing anything else about the guy um so i kind of like i, I definitely knew enough to to be really interested in in the in the topic but didn't know what else uh, it was going to be about. And it is such a powerful um, uh, hour and a half uh, or, or so. Um, Doc Ellis was highly political, um, uh, someone who uh, was really um, uh, rightfully angry about the, uh, the state of politics in this country in that time, angry about the state of uh, how African-Americans are treated in, in baseball and society as a whole, um, determined to stand up for himself and for his teammates. There's an in amazing uh, segment where uh, they talk about the fact that he would wear curlers in his hair. Right. Uh, and both as a fuck you to the management who were determined to try and stop him from doing that, but also to speak to his identity and and, and to the, 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 you know, the, the, the black politics angle of um, how um, athletes were treated um, in, in a way that was set up for uh, uh, for white athletes, um, uh, but also about his drug taking, um, also about uh, the team of the time mm. um, and, the, and, and baseball of that era. 
Uh, and then also some really, really powerful um, moments about his own personal life and the, the demons that he had. And, you know, I kind of went into the into the documentary and, you know, spoilers if you don't know the story or haven't seen it, but um, I, I went into it thinking that the no-no story was really funny. And, and, hmm. and now, um, now I know that uh, he had a serious drug addiction problems and, and, and alcoholism, and that led to him um, physically assaulting both of his wives yeah. and, uh, being, a, uh, you know, a bad husband and a bad a friend. And, you know, the end of the documentary about what he did when he realized that he couldn't live his life like that, um, and what he tried to do to make amends, um, is, is really in, in, incredibly powerful. So the whole, the whole thing, um, is, is, is just such an, an incredible story told in an incredible way. And if anyone knows the soundtrack or where I can get hold of the soundtrack, please let me know. I've been looking for it all week. It's fantastic music the whole way through. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so many different bits to pull out of it. But um, maybe let's start with the drugs, because one of the things that I didn't know was um, the extent of drug use in the game. Mm, like, yeah. I, There's all this stuff you read about PEDs and, you know, Jose Canseco and all of those other who were just you know taking peds in this documentary what comes out of that is that was part of a culture of just drug taking and alcohol abuse that went along with you know a kind of a crazy experience of, of a, as a player i just didn't i didn't realize that the cocaine and the lsd and everything else and amphetamines were <clears throat> just like all over the place they were called the greenies greenies they, yeah he yeah 15 before one game what? 15. <laughs> oh my God. That's not, I mean, how do you, that, I can't make you better. I can't make you better at your sport. I don't know. Um, but I guess in a combination of being, you're beer soaked and you need something to, to get you up <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to be able to, to, you know, pitch or play the game. Um, yeah. I thought this was really, you know, and it is really, um, especially if you've seen the short, it's a really good counterpiece to it because, um, you know, it's it, it, it's a so much more. You know, it is a funny story on its own. Um, if you just think about it in the context of the fact that someone, it's unbelievable, right? It's it's literally unbelievable that someone would yeah. be able to throw a no hitter on on acid. I also didn't I didn't realize that um, he hit multiple yeah. players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I didn't write this down, but I think it was nine. He hit nine players. I mean, if you hit nine players this season right now. You'll be tossed, even if you're even if you're just like not very good control. You'll be tossed for, you know, after the fourth. But he hit nine players. Uh, there's a there's a fantastic quote um, from him uh, that I wrote down. I hit a couple of guys. It was an ugly no hitter. I even got letters about it, but it was a no no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I think there was something. Um, you know, the fact that he he clearly was he. I think there was a. I think I was reading a Rolling Stone piece about this documentary, and um, they. One of his friends said basically that, uh, you know, he really came to be embarrassed by the story and wish he could. He kind of, for a long time, thought, well, eventually I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get it'll, it'll fade away, and I'll, you know, I'll be able to be myself again because he was in his own right like an excellent pitcher like he was an excellent and and this is the thing he's you know kind of most most known for and by the way for for people who don't believe it happened snopes says it did 
they do the caveat is only he knows for real if it actually happened <laughs> but they they believe based on the based on the the, the level of um it's even there's an element of truth uh to it even if like uh the, you know it, he wasn't completely uh out of his mind on lsd <laughs> he said he I, I mean i believe it after yeah. watching the documentary he, he uh says um at one point i pitched every game in the major league mm -hmm. under the drugs yep. yeah <laughs> so, i mean uh going going a little bit further and uh, doing one on an lsd you know um really incredible one of the things that um i did i hadn't uh, thought about but it's obvious when you you, know, you think about it now, is um, the, the the time when he came into the game. Uh, you know, so still, when he, he was talking about, or teammates were talking about, uh, his first two or three years in the minor leagues before he was called up, uh, playing in North Carolina, uh, having to stay in segregated hotels away from his white teammates. Yeah. Have AKK scratched into his, into his hotel door. Um, it's just incredible the amount of um, stress and, and anger that um, must get inflicted on players who have to go through that and, and have to, or are told to ignore it, pretend it's not happening, just play on through. I, I mean, it's, un, it's unimaginable for someone like me, what that must be like to try and, to try and do. Yeah. I, I mean, this is two decades, more than slightly over two decades after Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby, right? It's, it's, um, you know, for everybody who, you know, and we rightly celebrate their, um, you know, entering the league, but the idea that they, they fixed, it was fixed baseball, fixed its racial, uh, issues. I mean, and I, today, I mean, I, obviously we would talk with David Price last, <clears throat> last season, <coughs> excuse me, uh, last season talking about, um, people, uh, yelling racial slurs. He, in his hometown city of Boston, you know, yeah, yeah. So. like that um, that GOP uh, tweet from last year or the year before, where they they celebrate the passage of the Voting Rights Act, uh, eradicating racism. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's funny on one level, but you know, uh, he he says at one at one point in the documentary, there just hasn't been a hell of a lot of progress since Jackie Robinson, and like you said, it was two decades, um, and you know, like you say, even today, uh, uh, still still pretty bad yeah i, I think well i, I want to i'm just looking here at the stats i think he walked eight and hit one batter in the game but but let nine people on base uh okay, okay. nine batters is a lot um yeah yeah thank you for, <laughs> thank you for uh, fact checking me i mean fair play to the for the to the defense for um not letting any of those nine runners score <laughs> right uh, I mean, just excellent, uh, and he must, he must have struck out several batters. Uh, I don't know, uh, but you know, look, I, I mean, there's not much else to say. It, you know, it's just well worth watching. Um, can't recommend it enough. It's the kind of thing I'm going to go back and watch uh, multiple times. It's very moving, um, and like I said, I, I literally went into it expecting to um, just have an hour and a half of of chuckling about throwing a <laughs> no no on, under the influence of. Of acid and and it's so so much more than that. Um, I'm I'm really glad I had that time <laughs> on a plane with nothing else to do, uh, so I got to got to watch it. It's really powerful. 317 career starts, uh, career 3.46 ERA. He was 138 and 119 um, in his career. Um, yeah, 
really good. He played several years in Boston, in Pittsburgh and a year on the Yankees, two years in the Yankees. Yeah. Texas. One year we'll on the Mets. Over the, uh, we'll skip over the the uh, Yankees years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably had to cut his hair and garbage like that. Oh, yeah. they're such an awful team. And they're so good right now. It's awful. It's awful. Oh, it's so grim. It's so oh, grim. God. Uh, you know. Did you, did, stinks. You, did you watch the, uh, the the interview with Clint Frazier getting sent down? I, I, did, I read it. I didn't watch it. He doesn't seem happy. <laughs> Not happy. Not happy at all. Right. So I'm, I think that's, that's it for yeah. today. Um, I, everyone should look out for how Cleveland and Washington do over the course of the next week. Uh, and you'll be able to judge from our win-loss uh, ratios when the next episode of Battery Mates come, will come out. <laughs> If we get swept the rest of this series in, in Washington, um, you'll probably hear from us sometime uh, in the All-Star break. Um, <laughs> if we uh, if we claw some more games back against the Braves, then uh, we'll have another episode out on Monday or Tuesday. Well, have fun at the game tonight. And uh, I guess until, until we talk again, just keep shagging those balls. Let's keep shagging those balls.